Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of UFO Encounters Worldwide, episode 46. And I'm your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And we are still celebrating the amazing month of April, celebrating women in the field. And today we have a special guest, author, researcher, and experiencer of the paranormal for over 40 years, M.G. Stevens, to talk about her brand new book called The Boogeyman Chronicles. We'll be discussing where she got the inspiration for the book and some of the cases she has researched within her 40 years of experience. So we have a lot of information to go over today, so strap on them seatbelts, we're going for a ride. All right, welcome to episode 46 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. I'm your host, Jesse Peake, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today we are continuing April celebrating women in the field with our special guest, author, researcher, and experiencer of the paranormal for 40 years, M.G. Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy you're finally here um, and we get to have this conversation with you. I've uh, been looking forward to it. And um, I think a lot of people that have been listening will will really appreciate this episode today having you here. Oh, gosh, I hope so. I hope, <laughs> I hope we can help people. <laughs> or at least be entertained, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I guess let's just dive right in um, and ask that uh, you had your first experience when you were two years old. Would you mind explaining what happened? Oh, gosh. Um, so. I think it was, I was maybe hyper aware growing up, but my, my earliest, you know, the, the earliest thing that I can remember, cause my mom used to tell me that she used to walk by my door when I was a baby. And she said that she could like hear me talking to something <laughs> and it used to freak her out, but I don't remember that. I do remember being around two, maybe a little younger. And I remember something strange happened. I don't, I, I didn't die. I didn't, I wasn't asleep. I wasn't, you know, it's just like this thing that happened where I remember I was in the crib. I was standing up on the crib, holding on to the railing. And then I remember, um, I saw something up floating and, but yet I remember being the thing floating and looking down on me in the crib. And I don't know what that was. And then about a year or two, maybe later, it happened again where I was, uh, it was, it was Easter actually. And I remember I was um, in my little purple Easter dress and I had my little purple tricycle and I had my little Easter basket and I, I was real cranky. I think I needed a nap probably, but <laughs> I remember looking up and seeing something but yet I was the thing looking down, seeing the scene. I was, I saw me, I saw my mom, my sibling. I mean, I, I you know, I saw the whole thing and, um, I, for years did not know what that was. And I just thought, man, am I crazy? What, what's, you know, what's up with that? And I, um, had the pleasure and the privilege of speaking with Paul Eno, as you know, a lot of, you know, Paul Eno is a you know, a paranormal pioneer, you know, he worked right. with the Warrens and he's done so much in, in the industry. So, uh, or in the field. And so I, I spoke to him, I was like, what the heck was that? You know, thinking, hopefully he's heard of it. And he said, you know, I really don't know. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell me that. 
but he he said you know maybe it was like a shifting identity point um where you split in the multiverse and you were you know just kind of two entities at, at one time or something i don't know but that's what he said and i was just like wow okay that is weird so i still to this day don't know what that was exactly i mean i had some friends who were kind of more new agey and into reincarnation and they were like well you know maybe you weren't fully in your body or something at that point you reincarnated and you weren't fully in your body so you were you know something i don't right. know but yeah that was very interesting so that was that those were my first experiences that i remember so was it like an astral projection of yourself? Was that maybe like what it could possibly be? Or different? I think it, well, yeah, something like that. I think it was. But yet at the same time, I was able, and I wasn't dead. I wasn't, you know, sleeping. Like I said, I was fully awake and I was a little kid. And I just remember splitting. Uh, and I don't remember the actual moment of splitting. I just remember being the thing looking down and, and seeing the whole scene. But yet the the physical me was able to see something because I was pointing at it and clearly bothered but oh, okay. I, I don't know so actually time was still going as you were watching yourself that's that's interesting yeah yeah but it felt strange too it felt like time did slow down so it, i don't know it, it's again i was this was like 40 years ago right right <laughs> but i was but uh, a long time ago now but um yeah i mean i i don't still to this day don't know what that was because time kind of slowed and everything felt funny you know like you kind of you know, like, like everything around you turns to mud and it just kind of slows down, right. but yet you're hyper aware. It's, it's really strange. That is strange. Um, do you think maybe this uh, happened because you also had some family members that dealt with the paranormal as well? Is that correct? Yeah. You know, my mom had um, a lot of encounters because she was psychic and uh, my father, you know, had his own share of encounters too. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's touched all of our family members. Even my siblings have had encounters. Um, I don't know too much about those, so I didn't write about them, but you know, I wrote about my moms and dads. So your mom also worked as a, a psychic working with detectives on cold cases and stuff. Um, how long yes, did she do yes. that for? Oh gosh, she did that for years. Um, she was really well known in the little town that we lived in in the South. And she, um, I think someone referred her, but the, she used to work, she told me with a detective and an attorney. Now this was back in the early eighties. So, you know, this was back before cops were really doing this thing. So they were really going out on a limb talking to her, but they heard that she was really good. So they um they consulted her and she said that they they told her that they liked that she could see past present and future of a particular case she could see everything she couldn't just see what was going on now but she saw what happened then and now and then what would what would happen so she they really liked that about her but yeah she helped um there was a i think there was some sort of high profile murder case um dealing with like a, a rich uh palm beach or real estate guy or something they found him in his his refrigerator or freezer or something and wow. and uh she yeah she had to she helped him with that and yeah so there was there was a lot going on <laughs> so she actually had a lot of success working with them then she did yeah that's excellent that's great uh, I hear about that all the time. You hear people, you know, working with detectives and doing cold cases like that, but you never really get the details of, of uh, you know, actually fulfilling the cases, you know what I mean? And, and knowing what happened. Uh, so that's really interesting. She had a lot of success there. Um, yeah. And you say your, you, your brothers and sisters have had, had experiences as well, like you? 
or other subordinates? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really speak to them. I don't really know much about what they're doing right now, what the paranormal encounters they've had, but they they definitely had a few. I, I mean, I've heard brief you know, mumblings of it, but they've, they've definitely had encounters. So, um, yeah, but I, I only document my parents and mine in the book. Okay. So do you believe that this is a genetic thing and has been happening to your family from way before? <clears throat> you know, um, I, I definitely believe, I don't know about genetic. I mean, they always say that UFO encounters yeah, are right. genetic, you know, but um, I think paranormal stuff could be genetic too. What, what I do believe is that I've seen um, a, you know, through my research, I've seen a direct correlation between neurodivergent people who are, you know, autistic, ADHD, that sort of thing, and ESP. There's a definite connection. And I don't know if it's because we are hypersensitive um, that we, you know, we, we pick up on those things. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong, not every autistic person has ESP. Um, neither does every ESP, for, you know, person who has ESP is autistic. It's just, it doesn't work that way. But there's a very strong, um, uh, you know, majority. And I asked Kathleen Martin, I was actually uh, interviewing her for my um, podcast and she was, you know, as you know, she worked with MUFON and everything, but she, she rattled off a bunch of, um, you know, facts and figures about, you know, what, what kind of person has paranormal encounters and UFO experiences. And I, I stopped her halfway and I said, wait a minute, let me stop you for a second. Let me ask you something. How many people who are neurodivergent, autistic, ADHD, and all that, how many people, how many of those people have had uh, paranormal encounter or um, UFO abductions and experiences? And she said, oh, that's a good, like, 86%. Really? <laughs> I, I, yes. And I was stunned. I was like, you're kidding me. She's like, no, it's it's very high. So um, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, that is, it's just, it's a mystery, but I really, I'm, I'm actually starting to write a book about that because I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom or at least start the conversation and saying, you know what, I think we need to take a look at this because this is really, it, it's interesting to see that, you know, a lot of people who are um, autistic have ADHD, they have precognitive dreams. Um, they can do things like, you know, something as simple as, um, you know, guessing the genders of babies before they're born, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like I, I actually put out a post and, and asked people and they were, they were like, yeah, I've ever, always been able to do this and I've always been able to do that. So I always thought that was very, very interesting. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm starting, I'm starting a book about that. I'm researching it now, but, um, but yeah, interesting stuff. But as far as genetics go, I mean, they always say there's a genetic, um, high when it comes to ufo abductions and my my mother definitely had an experience when she, when she was in her 20s and the in the 60s the late 60s and this was before star trek or anything like that and then in the 90s when i had my encounter um it wasn't very nice it was a very kind of malevolent thing but um yeah i mean i, I guess there is some sort of tie there so when you talk about esp you mean extrasensory perception correct yeah, I, I don't like to say psychic because today that's such a dirty word. You know, when people say psychic, they 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 imagine like a scammy person. You know, right. it's just like you can't really use that word anymore. I don't like to use it. I mean, you can say sensitive or intuitive or what have you, but ESP I think it just sounds better. 
Yeah, I wrote an article in that a while back, um, and I think I don't think a lot of people know they actually have it, you know. Um, and yeah. some people are starting to find out how to how to tap into that, and I find that really interesting, you know. I wonder how many people mm-hmm. actually are walking around with these abilities that don't even know they have them yet, you know. Exactly. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I this is what I believe. I believe everybody has a sort of that sort of lizard brain evolutionary kind of thing where they have that sort of innate ability to be sensitive and i think it's just something left over from when you know we were looking for saber tooth tigers and all that stuff, you know <laughs> things were things were going to jump out at us you know um i think we we all have that but i think for some reason the wiring of certain people's brains like autistic people on adhd the the the, the different sort of wiring um makes us hypersensitive for some reason so we have this antenna that's always up and i always tell people there because they, they i've talked to so many people in my 45 years and they have all said oh i'm not psychic and i'm like wait a minute and i start grilling them i start saying wait a minute you what about that time that that you say you walked into a room and you knew two people weren't getting along they weren't saying anything they weren't fighting but you knew they weren't getting along why did you know that? They go, oh, because there was a weird feeling in the room. I said, exactly. You felt that. You knew that because you felt something. It hit you. And you know what I mean? So, and then I talked to us, okay, so was there ever a person that you got around that you didn't like and you didn't know why, but you just didn't like them? They're like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, lots of people. And I said, okay, why did you feel that? They go, I don't know. It was just a feeling. It's like, exactly. That is your quote unquote psychic ability. You know, for some reason, yours isn't as strong as mine, but you still have it. You know what I mean? So I always tell people you do have an ability. It's just for some reason, it's not as strong as others, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, people that have found out they possibly have ESP, um, are there there ways or specific uh, guidelines to go through to try to um, open it up even more to where you get better at it? I think so. I think there is. My mother, um, she kind of clued in around the time I was born. She she kind of, well, actually before I was born, she she actually would like, she had journals that she kept. And she she knew, she told me later, she goes, yeah, I knew when, uh, I knew that there was going to be an assassination, assassination attempt on Gerald Ford, um, President Gerald Ford. And she said, I, I knew this and I knew that. And she knew when one of my siblings um, got locked in a closet at school, she knew that my dad um, uh, had a flat tire on the way to work. This was before cell phones. This was like, you know, mid seventies, that sort of thing. So she, she knew stuff then, and she was starting to get, it was getting kind of, you know, to where she was like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sensing that I have a thing here you know she started to really like realize that she had this ability and then all of a sudden um she moved and um there was a neighbor lady who said oh we go to psychic development classes and she was like okay and so she went and of course there was whatever i mean i've never been to them but she said that she spent a few years you know just getting stronger and sharpening it um and what i was told by her teacher was that you have to use it you have to you have to keep using it and it gets stronger as you use it. So I mean that that helps anybody. I, I hope it does. But um, some people meditation helps them get in touch with it more. Um, some people use spirit guides or angels or whatever the light, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's different for everybody, really. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I started out by meditating a lot. Um, you know, I, I followed the Buddhist religion for a while, you know what I mean, in the ways of that, and tried to really focus on my meditation. And then uh, about a month ago with a friend, we actually tried to send colors to each other. Um, I did it first, and then she did it second, and we actually called each other's colors out. Um, so it was really, really cool how that worked. Mm -hmm. It actually blew our minds, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, no, you can actually do that. We get, like, little, like, put, like, a circle or a star on a index card, and then you know, try to guess it. And that's, you know, that's another way to strengthen it is, is to, um, you know, use it. It's like, it's like a muscle, you know what I mean? And, and I, I didn't get good at, um, you know, paranormal investigations and stuff like that until I started actually really getting in there and doing them. And you start to learn to hear, um, and hear quote unquote here. I mean, you, you, you start to sense things, and you start to know what's what. And so, it, you know, it's, it's again, it's like a muscle. You just got to get in there and start using it. That's interesting. Yeah. I try to tell people that all the time, you know, try to try to try to uh, level yourself out and, uh, you know, work your mind to do the meditation and you'll get better at it. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, it, at first when we first did it, you know, we were like, oh, maybe we just I just happened to guess the right thing, you know. But then when I sent mm -hmm. it to her and she got it. It was like, wow, we really know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, uh -huh. But uh, so you um, you're a neuro neurodivergent and a medium empath, correct? Uh -huh. yeah. um, so could you explain what exactly that is a little bit for people? Well, um, a neurodivergent is anyone who is autistic or ADHD, you know, dyspraxia, epilepsy. Um, my mother and I both are like that. So um like I said before, you know, there is a definite correlation between ESP and um, neurodivergence. Um, my mother was, my mother could do medium work, but she preferred to do just more like clairvoyant type stuff. I prefer medium work. Um, it's kind of scary at times, you know, but it helps with paranormal investigations. It helps with people connecting to their loved ones, even pets. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I I see dead people, and I have been right. since I was a kid. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so you also have the concept of paranormal PSD. I seen that you mm -hmm. have uh, in your bio. What exactly does that have to deal with that neurodivergent part? Well, no, I mean, it, paranormal PTSD is anybody who has experienced a, a, a terrifying paranormal encounter okay. or encounters, and. Um, and, and are so traumatized and um i'm i'm very um you know it, it what happened was uh, you know a few years ago i really started listening to paranormal podcasts and i started to you know every single time someone would come on they would say oh i'm not crazy i, I know what i saw and i swear <laughs> i'm not crazy you know yep. and they would constantly swear to their you know the the stability of their mental health and i was like okay you don't have to do that and i thought you know i really want to create a space where um People don't have to do that. You know, they right. don't have to come on and say, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Come on. Uh, and I thought, you know, I got to start my own show. And that's kind of unusual for me because I'm quite private. But um, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to start my own show. And so I started my own podcast and I had people come on and, um, you know, I just let people know, look, this is a safe space. And let's just talk about everything you've been through, what you feel comfortable with. And let's just get it out because talk therapy is really helpful. Um so, yeah, um, I, I I wanted to, you know, give people a place where they could talk about the, the paranormal without judgment and also, you know, start talking about their paranormal PTSD. And, um, you know, I always use Terry Lovelace. He was my first guest. And 
I always use him as my, you know, as an example, you know, I mean, it's been what, 45 years since the devil's den incident. Yep. And, you know, the poor guy is in his seventies and he still can't sleep with the, the light off and right. he can't walk across an open field. And that is PTSD. And, um, you know, people who want to poo poo the paranormal and are skeptical, I get that, but you got to realize this person must have gone through something for it to register in his brain and their brain that it is a trauma. You know, your, your brain doesn't make up traumas. It's just, you know what I mean? You, you clear it, it recorded it. You know what I mean? Right. So your subconscious recorded it, it registered as a fearful traumatic event and it's stuck there now. And so I want to really start the conversation about paranormal PTSD and that it's a real thing and that people should be able to go to their psychiatrist or therapist or what have you. And they should be able to say, yeah, I had a paranormal encounter without that person. That's like, you know, the, the, the therapist or whatever, you know, saying, Oh, crazy, you know, Oh, hallucinating. You know what right. I mean? We should take these things seriously because, you know, like I said, if they're, if they had not experienced a trauma, a tra traumatic event, their brains would not be registering that as such. So, you know, take people seriously, even if you, even if you're skeptical of the paranormal, and you, you don't, you don't know anything about the paranormal. That's okay. But don't, don't negate this person's trauma just because you don't believe it. You right, know what I mean? Right. Yep. Don't judge a book by its cover. And that's something I mm -hmm. highly live by and try to express to other people. And I think it's great that you brought up Terry Lovelace because he was actually here on this show as well. And I always refer to him as well, which is funny you said that because <laughs> when he told his story on here, you could hear him reliving his story mm -hmm. over again. And you could hear mm -hmm. the trembling as he was speaking. So yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from, where you could hear him reliving this and having that PTSD. It's, it's a scary thing. Yeah, your heart breaks. I mean, I hear it um, in, you know, not just Terry's voice, but every person I, I listen to, you know, especially the people that have been through, you know, there's there's a difference between, wow, I saw a UFO. That was crazy to, oh, my God, I saw a UFO and then it did this or I saw a dog man or I saw, you know, I had a Bigfoot encounter and this happened or, you know, I was visited by a, you know, nightly I was visited by a shadow man, you know, every every night when I was a kid, you know, that kind of and you could hear these people's voices trembling and these are grown adults with kids and businesses you know they're not crazy and they they know what they've seen and what they've been through and they you know to this day they're still sleeping with the lights on they're they're sleeping you know uh with the doors open or shut or what have you or they they still can't walk into a basement you know they they it's just it's a real thing paranormal ptsd is a real thing and i really want people to start talking about it more yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's good that people understand pe uh, the, the aspect of mental health and understand what people go through in these fields and ufology and the paranormal field, because um, people need the, the help. And like you said earlier, the number one thing you can do is at least listen to somebody. Um, we highly train on that with the ERT at MUFON. So you're, you're spot on with that. And I completely agree. Uh, most people just need someone to talk to. And that, that mm -hmm. makes all the difference in the world. So spot yeah. on to you for that. That's great. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People, you know, it, it's, it's, um, I can't tell you how many times, you know, that person that started out with saying, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And then they tell their, their encounter, their story. And then afterwards they go, wow, thank you so much uh, for letting me tell my story. I feel so much better now. I mean, almost every single time you hear that, you know? So uh, again, we need to normalize paranormal encounters, talking about paranormal encounters and, per and, and normalize you know, the concept of paranormal PTSD, 100% right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, well, I think this is a great time to go ahead and take our break and listen to some messages from our amazing sponsor, Gypsy Days Clothing Line, which just dropped their brand new store. So we'll be back right after these messages. The official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide is Gypsy Days Clothing Line. They have officially released their new store on Etsy where you can check out tons of clothing made here right in the USA. Help support a small business today by going over to Etsy and searching Gypsy Days Originals. They are the official sponsors of UFO Encounters Worldwide and they make everything we do possible. Again, that's Gypsy Days Clothing Line today. Did you know UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast? That's right. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com today and check out all of the cool content we have on the UFO phenomenon. You can get all of the content and information for each episode on the website. Plus, you can follow my travels and see some of my work. There's even new weekly updates on the UFO phenomenon with megalithic structures and different places from around the world with UFO sightings. That's ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Check it out today. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak at UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com today. All Things UFO Facebook Group is now the official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide. It's the place where I go to get my information. They have the latest UFO news with the best topics and ran by amazing people. You go there and it's a group environment where you can share your stories with other people and get answers to the questions you need. Check them out today. That's All Things UFO Facebook Group. I go there and you should too. Have you or someone you know had a UFO sighting and experienced some kind of electrical malfunction? Well, we have good news. We have started a project called Project Bat Tech 404. Battery technology and 404 stands for an error code you get with technology. You can report your UFO sighting that experienced electrical malfunctions at battech404researchmembers at gmail.com. You can also check out the official website, which explains all of our goals that we're looking to accomplish and how it's going to benefit the UFO community. This is a public project, so we also share the cases we have researched for the project. The website is projectbattech404.wordpress.com. Check it out today. And if you know somebody that has had an encounter, please email us so we can help the research and the data grow. Thank you. Are you looking for some new swag? Well, UFO Encounters Worldwide now has an official clothing line and store where you can get your official 
merchandise. It's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. You can select from a large variety of all kinds of gear, t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, masks, can cozies, and more. We'll be adding more designs as time moves on, but there are two amazing ones on there now. And if you're looking to also support the show, you can sponsor to our PayPal and donate if you like. If not, that's okay too. Check out our swag store. Again, that's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide today. All right, welcome back to the second half of episode 46. And this episode is sponsored by All Things UFO Facebook group and Gypsy Days Clothing Line. All the clothes are handmade and made right here in the USA. So please go over and support a small business over at their new store on Etsy. Um, before the break, we were kind of talking about the PTSD involved with paranormal uh, activity and accounts. Um, and I'm actually working with a few people um, that are having these issues right now with a malevolent uh, being or demon or spirits or whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you had any, um, you know, experience dealing with this and, and maybe point them individuals in a direction where they could get some help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm better at diagnosing these things. So um, I, I can refer them to people who can clear stuff, but I'm, I'm much better at diagnosing stuff. I don't know. I can call stuff out. I can see it pretty well. But um, yeah, I mean, I've had a lifetime of paranormal encounters and most of those were um, malicious. They were very malevolent, nasty sort of things. Um, after this, after those two encounters I had when I was a kid, you know, out of body stuff, I then, uh, my father moved in with his second wife, um, and she was my first stepmom. So second wife, first stepmom. And, um, I, I don't know what it was in her apartment. In fact, I was looking at childhood photos, um, last night with a friend of mine and I was like, that's the apartment. That's the one. Um, but there was an apartment that, um, was really hideously, um, there was just something wrong with it. It was never occupied for long. It was always for sale or for rent. And every time you walked past it, you stepped, you stopped dead in your tracks. And there was no way you could not walk past it because it, it, you had to pass this one apartment to get to my stepmom's apartment. And uh, every single time you would walk by this apartment, you would get this immediate, hideous, heavy, evil, nasty, yucky feeling of like, get out, you know, get away kind of feeling. It was terrifying as a little kid, especially because I don't know what I'm feeling. I just know I'm feeling terrified all of a sudden. And so I would run past that door in that window. So I didn't have to, you know, stay there too long. So I ran past it and would run upstairs, but I never liked sharing walls. And this is why, because I believe whatever was in that, that apartment would come over into my stepmother's apartment um, because we shared walls with it. And it was um, terrifying all my life. So from the age, well, from the age of about two or younger to the, age of like 14 um I would either live or stay with you in in this apartment and I was tormented nightly and daily um I guess I was that scared little kid and whatever this thing was was like a full-on paranormal bully and it just loved to torture me and um at night I would get the bed kicked the covers would be ripped off um something with long fingernails would just grab at my feet 
Um, it would whisper in my ear to where I could feel the, the breath on my face. Um, I would hear weird disembodied voices, um, just strange sounds kind of wafting through the air. And it was, you know, we were up high uh, in a corner where there was no other people, you know, there wasn't other apartments around. We were like just kind of out in the middle of nowhere and there was no one, no one else could be doing that. And it sounded like it was coming from our apartment. It was just terrifying. And one night I, I, I gosh, I was about eight years old and I remember I was really spooked by something in my bedroom. I'd been living there at this point and I was like, that's it. I'm going to go sleep on the couch because the couch was like within five, six feet of my parents' bedroom door. So I thought, well, if anything happens, I can just run in there. <laughs> so I went and laid on the couch and I remember looking at the VCR. So that dates this. It's, it's about 1986 and I'm looking at the VCR and the VCR says, you know, five, five thirty or so. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just sleep on the couch. And then when the alarm clock goes off, I can run and, um, you know, run back into my room and act like I wasn't on the couch because right. I would get in trouble. So I remember laying on the couch thinking, okay, I'm gonna get a couple hours sleep and then I'll be time for school. And I remember laying there and then literally I woke up with something on me. <laughs> It was impish. It was tiny. It was all of two or three feet. This thing jumped on me and it was holding my arms down and I could feel a hand over my eyes and one over my nose and mouth. So I couldn't scream and I couldn't breathe. I remember opening up my eyes because I'm, you know, waking up out of a sound sleep with this thing. I remember waking up and I remember looking under the hand because I remember I I can very distinctly see a hand on my eyes. And I remember looking underneath my hand where my nose was, I could see down and I didn't see any body on me. And I thought that was absolutely terrifying and, and, and crazy at the, you know, in the moment, cause I'm thinking there's something on me, what is on me? Cause we didn't have cats. We didn't have dogs. We had no pets. My, you know, dad and stepmom were snoring in their room. I was being attacked by something I could not explain. And I looked, there was no physical body that I could see. And there was plenty of light in the room. We had a dimmer switch on in the dining room so I could see everything perfectly. There was no body, but this thing was on top of me. I could feel the weight on my arms. I could feel the weight on my body. I could feel the hand on my face, you know, the hands on my face. And I could hear whatever the thing was, was hissing and snarling in my face. So I couldn't see, couldn't hear. I mean, I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe, but this thing was (laughs) just hissing in my face. And it did this for what seemed like forever. And I remember freaking out because I I was running out of air. I couldn't breathe and I couldn't scream. I heard something in my head. Don't know who, God, Jesus, somebody. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. Something said, grab it by its arms and throw it down. I thought, okay. And I remember I instinctively reached up and I could feel little spindly arms in my hands. And I reached up and grabbed this thing by the arms and just threw it down on the ground. And as I did, it would just hissed and snarled all the way to wherever. I mean, this thing ran off. I don't know where it went. I, I couldn't see it. That was the thing. I couldn't see the thing, but I could hear, um, hear it snarling and hissing. And I could feel the breath on my face. And it was just terrifying. And I remember I stayed up the rest of the night on that couch hugging my knees because I did not know if it was going to come back for me. That's extremely scary, especially not to be able to see something and to only be able to hear it. 
I mean, that's got to be terrifying just alone. And then having it touch you like that and being able to feel that, mm -hmm. I can only imagine, yeah. you know, what that's like. I mean, I've dealt with some experiences myself um, being being touched in the middle of the night and pushed. Um, but to actually have a physical beam on top of you, that's 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 not <laughs> that doesn't happen all the time. You don't hear that. Um, so that's that's pretty scary stuff. Yeah, this was the most extreme encounter that I had besides the pulling of the feet with the long fingernails. Um, you know, th this was the most physical encounter that I had here. And it was to this day, again, I, I don't, I, I'll, all I can tell you is what I went through. I don't know what this thing was. It was, right. but it was impish. I remember it was very tiny. So like did, little, it, did it happen yeah. to leave any marks or anything at all? Anything that was, that, that could say that it was there? I did not get up off that couch and look. Right. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I kind of looked around. Once I got my breath and I kind of looked around, just completely bewildered. I remember looking under the couch, behind the couch, like, you know, where did this thing go? And I couldn't see it. And so I sat up on that couch, like I said, hugging my knees. I did not move until I heard my, my dad and stepmom's uh, alarm clock go off at around seven. And I literally cautiously got up and went to my bedroom and pretended like I had been in there and I got ready for school. And then the whole day I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, and terrified to sleep again. You know, I, I had to stay there. It was, it was, it was terrifying. So do you think that this, this, this thing was obviously attached to the, the building or was this something that was maybe attached to you or, or your, or whoever? No, no, no. This, this thing was definitely, in the, the the condo this this i don't know what it was with this one condo but my god it was it, 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 it there was something extremely hideous in there because every time i walked past it i would get the immediate creeps even as a little kid you know i'm just like well, me mind my own business i'm coming home from school and all of a sudden I'm like oh my god you know and i can't wait to get past this build you know this one apartment and so i run up the stairs and a lot of good it did because whatever it was would come through the walls, you know, right. and that's what happened. This thing came through the walls and, um, it, it, you know, whatever, whatever this thing was, I told this, I mean, I would love to go back to, to find out, you know, kind of now that I have my antenna up officially and I know, you know, I, I can kind of sense these things. Um, I, I, I would love to go back and kind of, you know, try to figure out what this thing was, but whatever it was loved to torture me and it did it every single day especially at night from the ages of two to the ages of, you know, 14. Right. So a lot of these malevolent beings or whatever they may be, um, they, they mostly feed off of fear. Is that correct? Oh yeah. I mean, they, I think they feed off of any sort of negativity in general. So if there's arguing, fighting, fearfulness, anxiety here and I was a you know a, a very you know anxiety wrought little kid you know I just had a lot of anxieties and I right. was kind of a, I was kind of I guess maybe because I was autistic I don't know because but I was just scared of everything and you know I guess whatever this thing was since that and thought oh goody I get to torture it you know because I mean these these entities they 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 have they have to like have a job or something you know what I mean right. so if someone comes into their space they, I think they jump from person to person, really. And so if someone dies in a particular space, they, they leave, they, they stay there. And I, I think, you know, this thing probably somehow it was either invited there or it was on somebody and it, it jumped off and it's, it's still there. Um, but the thing, I think, until someone goes in there and, and kicks it out, it's going to stay there. 
Now, speaking of going there and kicking it out, um, I have some people that are dealing with that right now. And um, what would you say to somebody? Like, what should they do? Should they should they reach out to the church and have someone come out or, or go to a paranormal investigators or, or what should they do? Well, people like that, I mean, it, it all depends because, you know, some people are really good and some people aren't so good. So, I right. mean, if they're dealing with something, they should probably call in a psychic medium, uh, someone that can kind of, like I said, diagnose the issue. What is it? What's going on? And then take steps. If it's a demon, call in the church or, or you know, call in uh, someone who, who is really good at exercising demons. If it's, a, you know, a, a just a regular, you know, entity that's just, you know, like a shadow person, something negative, um, there's all kinds of reasons why something can be in your house. You know, there's all kinds of reasons where something could be attached to you. It could be a generational thing. Something could have just jumped on you. It could be a hitchhiker. So you, you need someone to get in there and kind of tell you what it is, why it's there and blah, blah, blah. Cause these things will speak to you. I mean, I have talked to demons. I have sat there and said, okay, what do you, why are you here? And the thing is like, well, I was invited here. How were you invited? Oh, well, a Ouija board or, or someone was doing a seance or, blah, 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 you know, or someone would did a, did a ritual and didn't close, you know, the circle or whatever. And so now I'm here. Um, I was invited here by, you know, a bunch of uh, emo teens, you know, who right, <laughs> wanted to right. get into, you know, <laughs> Satanism, um, you know, that kind of thing, you know, or it could be a very angry spirit that's like, yeah, I was, you know, I was murdered and I'm, I'm on a rampage now. They're stuck in that place where they want to find out who it is and they don't care who they scare in the process. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're stuck in that, that emotional sort of turmoil of being, you know, murdered. And so I've seen that a lot. I've seen very angry ghosts, you know, that yeah. are just, you know, throwing things around, screaming, you know, having a fit and it, the people living there are going, Oh my God. And it's like, no, no, no. He's saying it's not you. You know, he's just mad. You ever see someone who's mad and they just kind of take it out on everybody? It's Absolutely. Ghosts are like that too, you know? So it's so <laughs> funny to kind of, you know, now that I look back, I can kind of, you know, see the difference between, you know, people dead or alive. When they're mad, they're just mad, you know? Right. And they're just taking out on everybody. So, you know, get get a medium impact, somebody in there that can talk to these things, communicate with them, find out what they are, why they're there, and then take steps. You know, if you need, need the church, if you need another person who does cleansings is really good. You need uh, someone who, you know, is a shaman. I mean, you know, it, it all depends really. Yeah. Cause this, this one obviously seems malevolent um, and is actually leaving marks on the individual's body um, and harassing them. Um, she's sent some videos in, uh, you can literally see um, energy fields in the video um, moving through mm -hmm. her home. Um, a couple of set different photos of waking up in the middle of the night with gashes on them. Um, you know, different marks in the triangle formation on their body, um, all kinds of stuff. So it's some pretty scary stuff and we're trying to do it the best we can. So that's why I yeah. asked, you know. Well, I mean, send it, send the stuff to me if you want and I can take a look at it and I'll, I'll let you know when I pick up. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did, I did put her in touch with Opus. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Opus. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so she's got someone there she can talk to, but she still needs the help. So I try to do everything I possibly can to give her some extra pointers of uh, right. uh, what to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I work, um, I, I know Keith and Sandra Johnson, you know, you know, Keith and Carl, um, and Paul Eno as well. And, and people like that, they can, they can help as well. So, I mean, Andrea Perrin is very wonderful. She's a sweet lady. She helps a lot too. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. That's excellent. Thank you for that. 
Sure. Um, so your new book, uh, The Boogeyman Chronicles, uh, where did the inspiration come from that? Is this just everything that has gone on throughout your life and your experiences with the paranormal? Or is, yeah. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, I started my own podcast and I realized that as I'm, you know, I'm putting my face out there, which is, you know, like I said, hard for me because I'm very private, but I, I started realizing, you know, people don't know me and they, they don't know my story and they don't know all the things that I've been through. And, you know, this was kind of sort of an introduction as to like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. And I've had people throughout the years when I would kind of sort of admit to the paranormal in my life, they would be like, Oh my God, you got to write a book, you know? And I would be like, yeah, whatever. And then I thought, you know what? I got to write that book because I kept, you know, not trying, not trying to be a jerk, but I kept trying, I kept interrupting my guests going, Oh yeah, I went through that. Or, Oh yeah, I went through that. And I went, Oh wait, I need to write a book to get this out. So I'm not constantly like taking their time. So, <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, but um, yeah, the book is just, and then once I got in there, it was pretty good therapy because I started realizing, Holy crap, I've been through some stuff, you know, it's just 40 plus years of paranormal encounters and um, encounters. My mom had weird stuff and stuff that my dad saw. And it was just really interesting. You know, when you take a step back and you're like, wow, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of encounters, you know? So I, um, you know, desperately wanted to just, you know, get this out so that people can read it. They can feel some sort of solace. They can go, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. She went through this too. Right, right. And, uh, or at least be entertained. I don't know. But. Right. Yeah. I think that's the, the most important part about sharing our experiences with other people is that they, they can somehow find similarities. They can cope with that and see that they're not alone. And there's other people dealing with the same thing they are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. It's definitely a good thing. Um, so have you noticed throughout your 40 years of being in the paranormal and dealing with it, have you noticed any big changes uh, maybe today from compared to back then or anything that's new cases changing people being attacked more or anything like that? Um, anything that sticks out? Maybe? I don't think so. I don't think people are being attacked more. I think we're just talking about it more. I think it's more open. I mean, there's shows like when I was a kid, and I was seeing things and feeling things, you know, I, I, there was no shows out there. There was right. nothing. This was the 70s and 80s. And, and you know, the the, the Warrens were con still considered kooks. You know what I mean? It was making movies about them. It was, they were, you know, they were, this this was fringy stuff back then, uh, super fringy stuff. So um, now, I mean, we've got TV shows, we've got podcasts, we've got books, we've got, you know, movies and all kinds of stuff. So I think we're just way more open-minded and we're, so we're talking about it more. But I think people have, I mean, you know, you read books about people who back in the, you know, the around the turn of the century, 1800s, you know, especially back in Europe, you know, they, they've had encounters for years, centuries. So I don't think we're being attacked more. I don't think there's more activity. I just think we're, we're, we're able to talk about it more freely. Yeah. So people are reporting more than they normally would have back then. It, yeah. Back then, I mean, people were like, I'm not going to say anything you know what i mean and I've, I've talked to people where they said oh yeah my my you know grandparents lived in a haunted house and we saw stuff all the time or heard stuff and we just never talked about it. we just mentioned it like oh i saw the ghost on the stairs again whatever and they never right. really reported it they just <laughs> kind of lived with it you know and but now we've got podcasts and people get on these podcasts and say yeah my grandparents had a haunted house and blah 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 you know <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're definitely reporting it and talking about it more. So. right so have you had any uh, experiences with portals uh, opening up in people's homes um, and then maybe ways that they can possibly close these portals? 
Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one to talk about portals. I don't know how to open or close those things. Um, like I said, I go in, I diagnose things and then, um, I, I kind of hand that report over to someone who does the clearing. So right. I don't really know who does the, the closing. I mean, I, I know someone, I know someone who can do it, but I can't do it. I don't know anything about portals. I felt them. I felt, um, you can, you can walk into a place and you can feel, it feels like Grand Central Station, but for dead people and you can feel uh, a definite portal where you can feel things coming or going as far as closing that I don't have that I don't have a clue um I I'm just not well versed in that but I can definitely see um a, you know a, a space and time where things are just coming and going you know it's not just one goes because people don't know they go what do I have in my house right and you're like uh, you got a lot going on here, you know, on your land, you've got some sort of portal for whatever reason, and things are just coming and going. And uh, the, the veil is thinner there or something, you know, and so you tell people this, and you know, then you find someone who can actually close that portal or whatnot. But yeah, again, it, it really, I mean, as a medium, it feels like Grand Central Station. I mean, you can feel uh, this stuff. It's it's really interesting. You can see, you know, these these entities just kind of coming and going. They're just like, hey, what's up? You know. So is it basically walking into a portal, being in the same place, but now you can see these 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 beings and and, and people that have passed over walking around like like they're, you know, in their own place. Is that is that what you kind of mean by Grand Central Station? Or yeah, you can just see people uh, or people, you know, see ghosts, spirits, whatever. You know, they're just kind of walking around and. Then they go here and then they go, to, you know what I mean? You, right. just, you, you feel, you feel like you're in a crowded train station and you feel things walking past you looking and they're, they're kind of, you know, I guess some of them are on a mission. I guess if it's a portal, they're coming and going. Some of them got to go here. Some of them got to go check on this loved one. Some of them got to just hang out at this one place and scare people. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you know, you, 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 you feel like, you know, things are rushing past you again, you know, why, if you walk into like a, a an airport and it or, or a, a mall and you can feel if you close your eyes you can feel the people walking around you it's like that but for dead people i'm not kidding you it feels like grand central station you wow. just feel all these entities kind of coming and going that's interesting it's very interesting um so did i see that you have a, a publishing company too is that correct seen something uh, no i no i i don't have a publishing company um uh phil mantle Philip Mantle does. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I seen it was the podcast and I thought I seen something on there on, on your name. So I wasn't sure I had to ask you about that. Um, so <laughs> is this your, is this the first book that you've written? So you're, so you're working on the second book now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on um, two other books. Um, actually I have a children's book that I'm, I'm trying to get published. Um, <clears throat> but um, working on two other books. Um, the first book I'm working on is it's um the paranormal from an indigenous person's perspective. I read a lot of books and I, I read a lot of, uh, you know, white people talking about what their native friend saw. And it's like, wait a minute, I want to talk to the native friend. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and get their story because uh, an indigenous person's perspective of the paranormal is, is much different than a non-native person. Because, you know, if you're non-native, you grow up with this sort of moment where things are you know, you're told at a certain age, there's no more, there's no more, uh, Santa, there's no more tooth fairy. Don't believe in anything like that, you know, and we don't have that when you're indigenous, you, you, um, 
there's there's no cutoff, you know, for that. You know, right. it, it's always there, and you're oh, it's always around you, and you're always taught to um, to acknowledge those things. So I want to get that you know that perspective down, and and also record a lot of elders' uh, stories. Um, I think those are important for people to know. Um, and the second book I'm working on researching is the book about the um, the, the correlation between neurodivergence and ESP. So if you are neurodivergent and you have um, you know ESP or you've had paranormal experiences, definitely write me at Boogeyman Chronicles um, at Outlook.com. And awesome. uh, same thing with Indigenous stories. If you're Indigenous person and you've had you know and yeah stories, you've had you know things, and people don't realize that you know. The paranormal is, you know, the 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 Bigfoot encounter, the UFO encounter, and it's also the, you know, the 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 dream that grandma comes, you know, comes to you. Grandma's been gone for years, but she comes to you in a dream and says, "Don't go here." And then you find out that the place got, you know, yes, set on yes. fire or something. You know, what I mean, that's the paranormal as well. So people don't seem to realize that. So if you know, again, if you're an indigenous person, you've had experiences, good, bad, whatever, um, please contact me at Boogeyman Chronicles. Um, at Outlook.com, and I would love to speak with you about those things, because, um, you know, I've had a lot of Indigenous friends of mine who, you know, at one time in their life weren't living right, and, you know, their grandfather, who has been long dead, came to them and said, get your act together, you know, you, you're, okay. a, you're a holy man, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a medicine man, you, you need to, you need to start turning your life around and helping people, and they credit that dream or that encounter of grandpa coming to them and telling them this for, for them getting their life together. So, you know, there's all sorts of really wonderful, terrifying and, you know, interesting stories out there that I would love to, to get down and, and uh, get out there for people to read. Well, that's awesome. Um, and do you want to tell everybody else where they can follow your podcast at and get your books too as well? Yeah. Um, so the book you can get at Amazon, just type in the Boogeyman Chronicles and my podcast is also the Boogeyman Chronicles. So, um, uh, you know, it's on, it's on YouTube for sure, but we're um, getting it up on Spotify as well. So we're just working on all of that. Awesome. And I definitely did check that out today before the show. So there's a couple of great shows you have over there. Started watching a couple of them. So I highly recommend <laughs> it. And I want to thank you for coming on today and participating in celebrating women in the field. So I thank you very much for coming on and sharing your stories. And I will have to do it again next time your next book comes out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and next week, we will be back with our once a month um, top cases from the MUFON Journal. So we have that to look forward to. And I want to thank our sponsors, Gypsy Days Clothing Line um, and All Things UFO Facebook Group. So we'll be back next week with another episode of UFO Encounters Worldwide. And remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, that was a really cool episode, actually learning about the paranormal for the first time on UFO Encounters Worldwide. We will surely be bringing more paranormal experts of the field to the podcast so we can start getting more information out to everybody. So a big thanks to having M.G. Stevens on today to help celebrate April, where we celebrate women in the field. 
And next week, we'll be back with our once a month MUFON top cases from the MUFON Journal, which is always a great time where you can actually come along with us and look at the pictures and videos along with the cases with the case file. So we look forward to that. And I want to give a huge thank you to Gypsy Days Clothing Line, who is our official sponsor. They just dropped their brand new store over at Etsy. So please go over and help support a small business. All the clothing is handmade, made here right in the USA. And they also have some amazing mystery boxes. So please check them out. And our other small sponsor, All Things UFO Facebook group. Send us a DM and we'll get you into the group where we can start sharing our information. That's what this whole field is about. Well, thank you all, and I hope you enjoyed the conversations today, and remember to keep your eyes in the sky.